Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's GoodLifeBabe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans, episode 99. Hey folks, we're back. It's a goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans, episode 99. We are one episode away from 100. 100, if you can do the math. Oh, you want, <laughs> you want some echo there? The Is echo. that what you're saying? Episode, episode, episode 100. 100. We've got Maureen Mo Johnson with us, friend of the pod. <coughs> Hello. Joining us tonight. Hi, Mo. And Hi. Uh, we're going to do a, uh, I don't know, what do we call this kind of episode? Shoot the shit? Shoot the shit. Shoot the shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, you, you got your, your voice a little hoarse. What's My voice on? is a little hoarse. Yeah, what happened? Uh, I talk a lot. Yeah. 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 What you in the candle a little too much. Oh, yeah, that too. You know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I'm an early childhood teacher, so I, I talk to little children all the time, all day long. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. just talking, 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 talking. Talk, talk, where, where do you do that? All day. At Metairie Park Country Day. Okay, nice. Yes. And what do you? What do you? How old are your kids? That you, well, I to? used to specifically work with three and four year olds, and now I work with uh, anywhere from six weeks to five years. Oh wow! Wow, it's so, a range. That is a range. Yes. Like all together in the same no. room, oh, so it's no, like no, different no. classes. Yeah, different what? classes. I float around, so okay. I'm kind of the. I'm the familiar face around the center because I've been there for a decade. So. Is there a specific thing that you? teach or is it general I, I, over the years there has been yeah yeah i actually used to do social studies with the three and four year olds because okay. i have a sociology major so that was like my huh. thing huh. for a while um and but the, and then i was kind of specifically science and math for a while okay um and now but you know with early childhood it's, you're really teaching them everything right exactly like everything like how to Wipe how to speak, butt. yeah, how to wipe their butt, yeah. Right. How to play, how to ni- eat, how to play, nice. how to play nicely, yes. Yes. yes, how to communicate with peers. Right. Yes, in the proper Do y'all do manner. some creative stuff with the kids? Of course. Exercise their creativity? With kids, absolutely. Nice. Yes, everything has to be creative. Like music and shit? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All the time. Like, I'm right. always playing music in the classroom. I mean, you know, I don't, I'm not actually playing, but... Like, yeah, I, I, Mo was always known as the you know I, was, I always did my rock and roll Fridays and oh yeah, I, I couldn't you know I, it's the toddler music I'm no good at playing the toddler music all day so you know I'm the one that's playing you know anything and everything that I can that's appropriate for kids yeah like, like what's an example yeah um I play a lot of Cat Stevens in the morning you know oh, yeah. like I really yeah. like that's what I like in my class like as I'm setting up the classroom it's like seven in the morning and kids are being dropped off like that's always you know some, that's always my good do, nice. do my they good sing gym. along at that age do they like learn the melodies and stuff only yeah. if I make them if you make them no right. no they really don't I'm usually yeah. singing along right they're right. not they're not no but I get in trouble every now and again because you know some of my co-teachers are like do you really think that's appropriate I'm like what I mean duh. I'm sorry, but I left my Wu Tang album in the car. Oh, right, exactly. <laughs> right, that's you know. I mean, I, 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 I yeah. I had some people question me on stuff. I'm like, really? Yeah. Come on. I forget what I got in trouble for once. Fleetwood Mac. I got in trouble for some Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood once. Mac. Yeah. It's so innocuous. <laughs> exactly. I know. I mean, who? Like, it's a bunch of parents who went their first concert. Was I Mac. agree. I completely agree. 
But you know, you have those parents that are like, they walk in the door and they're, they're like, yeah. And then other ones are like, mm. It's a bit risque. I would have done the Little River Band. Yes. <laughs> I mean, really. The, what, yeah, no, I had some worried about, you know, the, the lyrics about, you know, breaking up or something like that. And I'm like, but they're like three. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really. They're not, they're, you know. Although I'll tell you, my, uh, funny, I will actually tell you a funny story because this just happened, and, but it involves my daughter, who's a little bit older, but she likes to pretend. Um, she was pretending like she's an actor, you know, and we're like, okay, well, Charlie, so how about, you know, give us happy, give us sad, give us something, you know, and she's like doing all these things. And finally we go, um, like, okay, do heartbreak. And she kind of puts her head down. And then she looks up and she goes, I just don't think it's going to work out anymore. <laughs> and we're like, wait, you're, wait, you're breaking up with me? And she was like, yeah. Okay, at least you're doing it in person, and not via. At least you're not doing it via text. text. Yes. So yeah. maybe children are learning at this age. That's, yeah. that's, that's right. what we're stuck. Wait, 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 all up to it. It's about communication. It is about communication. That's right. Yeah, Using your words. Gutsy. Don't run away from it. Mm-mm. Anyway, that's that. So, Mo, we everybody here except for Spencer goes. Back a, a couple of years, Just uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, and one of the things that I was always puzzled over was the arrival of the folks from DC, and oh. because it all seemed to happen at the same at the same time. And is that because you guys knew each other back in DC? Because I remember going way back that there was a there was an apartment on. Magazine. Magazine Street. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we came down. I moved down here with my, my ex at the time, I mean, my boyfriend at the time, who went to high school with Rob and Jeff from Galactic. So they were all friends. Well, my boyfriend had dropped out. But anyway, he knew them from okay. like, you right. know. Yeah, yeah. And so we, and when I took, I took a year off college and, and we, Ben and I toured, kind of toured around this, the country and uh -huh. he was like, let's go visit my pals in New Orleans. So we went down and we came down and we were, Rob and Jeff had an apartment on magazine, on Valmont magazine right across from, um, from Guys and Chris Lane was living there and right. we got off the highway and Galactic, Prophylactic at the time was That's playing... Right. Uh, at Tulane Quad that day, like it was like a big gig, sure, because they were playing the quad. Yeah, it was like whoa, outdoor like stage, and Chris yeah. Lane was singing for them because yeah. they were um, galactic prophylactic, and it, it well anyway, well yeah. it got rained out, I so we, like we literally got on the we we like got off the highway and went there and it was rained out and and they were like well hey this is before you could like call each other you know so we found them on campus and, <laughs> right, and right. then and then yeah. we trailed them to. Uh, the maple leaf and like ended up in the afternoon like getting hammered and shooting pool and I was like you know 17 18 or something yeah. and I was like this place is fucking great and Chris Lane was the first person I met in this town wow and uh, you know birthday boy from yesterday that's yeah we right. saw him yesterday oh, did you? yeah yeah, yeah. it's his birthday that's right <laughs> uh, but anyway so yeah Robert Jeff are already here well four days ago Okay, so, so I'm sorry, I would I, I segue, but yeah, Rob and Jeff were already here. Okay, um, was that because they were at Tulane? Is that what that? Yes, was Rob yeah. was at Tulane and Jeff was at Loyola. Okay, and then um, they were here. We came down, and then 
Eva came down, and then like a few other people kind of came, you know, intermittently after that. But it did seem like all of a sudden there were a bunch of DC folks just kind of all here yeah. at once. Um, I met you know. uh, Rob's wife, and I said, uh, I was like, oh, I didn't know that, you know, in some social setting. And she was like, months and months ago. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, oh, Rob. Yeah, I was like, you know, man, Rob was a, a PA on these a couple of films that I shot, just independent things. And she was like, Rob was never a PA on anybody's film. What? <laughs> she was like, no, I was like, yeah, she, yeah, yeah, no, he says, he's in the credits. I can, I, she was like, no, no, it didn't happen. <laughs> what do you think that was all about? <laughs> I don't know. Weird. And, uh, yeah, and I was like, okay, all right. That's okay. <laughs> sure. That same Rob over there, right? Yeah, that the, guy. Yeah. Because, <laughs> oh, yeah, he was, he, was there. he was there. He was there. He was wrapping that cable up at the end of the shoot. <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. PAs. <laughs> yeah. But that's how, that's just an inkling of like how far, you know, these Those relationships go back. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Back. Well, I remember yeah. you from back in, on Oak Street. You worked at that hair salon for, for a minute. I did. Right on Oak Street. John Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mars. There was, a, there was that apartment upstairs. I remember watching NBA basketball with you that one summer when we were all super hot as fuck. I think Henry Griffin was around too. And we yes. just watched a lot of NBA playoffs yes, together we were. Like in July. Or yes. June, rather. Before yes. It was next finals. door to the hair salon. Yeah. Okay, it was next uh -huh. door. It was a loft apartment. That's what it was. That's how uh -huh. I got the upstairs part. Yeah, yeah. Watched a lot of basketball. That, a lot of basketball. That, I think that's when the Kings were good. When they had we Chris Webber. That was probably the only time that I really focused on basketball. Like yeah, my life. that little right. moment, and, that, and that's what moment. and that's what I associate you with. Yeah, More than no, no. And, I, and 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 now every time basketball's on and Final Four is coming up, and it and I go right there, I go right to that time. It's true, but that was many years even after Magazine Street because we were on Magazine Street, right. you know, right. for years, and then we moved down the street from Rob and Jeff, and then Jeff moved across the street, and Eva came down, and so it was like this mm -hmm. whole sort of like. Crew. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then we, and then I segued over to Oak Street. Yeah, yeah. And that yeah. was, was like, post-college. Maybe? Yeah. Post, maybe post-college. Maybe post-college. Right. Or like towards the end of college. Yeah. So where'd you go here? You... Tulane. Okay. Nice. Mm -hmm. what, what were you studying? Sociology. Oh, that's right. You said that. Yep. Yeah. Sociology. Nice. Yep. The, you know, the study of the obvious. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff in front of our face. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we right. like to sit back and watch people do things, and, right. and like record it, uh -huh. and then, you know, say that we're going to save the world at some point or another because yeah. we're going to know all the social patterns. Yeah, and then affect change. Yes, exactly. By manipulating them. That's exactly right. Sweet. Yes, it's kind of the sociologists are like the the yeah. the, the, the secret. If y'all could have had that figured out by 2016, exactly. that would have been that nice. Helped. That would have helped out. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> We're too quiet. We're too we, objective. We could, we're too liberal. Are, you know, like because we just watch everything. We don't we, have an opinion about things. You know, some of the Bernie Bros could have been used some manipulation from the sociologists. Yeah, yeah, that's true. To help swing things our way. That's very true. I yeah. feel like they do that anyway. That the data gets perverted. You know, people go into the into the private sector. You can shape a thousand and they become, they out become of the same data. Public relations people. You mean you can take yeah, but you can take data and shape it into eight different. Narratives, some of them. Well, depending on the data, you know. The data. Yeah. Is, and it's been a long time. It's been a long time. Social, <laughs> social research. <laughs> it's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I couldn't talk stats and data now. 
So, uh, how old is your kid now? Two. Kids. Two. Yeah, don't you have two? Kids. Now? More than Eleven one. and seven. Eleven and seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Have them. Yep. No, yeah, they're they're just not the age where they are home alone. Yeah, I ran into Sweet. you at Bourbon Fest. Uh, you and Chuck, who's been on the pod, mm-hmm. uh, the tells of the cocktail last summer, and um, you were saying it was one of the first times you let the eleven-year-old stay home to babysit the seven-year-old. For that, and you were a little, time, you were a little nervous yeah. for that late. Yeah, yeah, because it was kind of late at night. And, you and you said you had just preset the DVR to like Jaws or something for ah, them. Yes. It was Halloween. Exactly. I can't remember. Yes, alien. <laughs> something like that. Yes. You're like, you just tripled down. That's a, right. A, you're going to be home. Yeah. We left all the knives on the counter. That's right. And you're going to watch Aliens. Yes. That's exactly the plan. <laughs> and there's a shit ton of like cotton candy and Skittles mm-hmm. on the table. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. How about and, it? And the kids are already so sophisticated. They look at it and they're like, that doesn't look real. Yeah. Right at all? Mm-hmm. No, exactly. Those effects true. are really cheesy. Well, that's the only reason the Jaws <laughs> holds true. up is because yes. you don't see this fake shark until the very end. Right, right. Yeah. Like that they doesn't were, look like a real shark. They were like, I think they were probably like, he got credit for it as being a you know a film genius, Spielberg, but really he just thought this shark looks so fake, we just can't show it. Can I tell you something? That's exactly what happened. Right. I was making that up or assuming no, that's what happened no I read a whole article yeah. about it that's what happened yeah he was like he was like well and the other thing is that it kept breaking and it was and also they couldn't oh that's fig- right they couldn't figure out how to make it stay uh, with the fin straight up oh. like that's and it kept rolling over on its back See, and it looked like a dead shark it looked like a dead shark whereas yeah. like in the movie Halloween that motherfucking mask was scary they just they hit you with that early and often yeah yeah because that shit exactly. was legitimately mm-hmm. scary no, speaking. no, and and that's it's probably the same. I'm sorry, we're veering off in this like no, horror movie conversation, you know. But it's probably the case that in the original Alien, that the rubber suit looked like shit. That's right. A lot of times, you know. So you see these weird images where the monster's like crammed into a corner, you know, after she gets in the pod, and it looks super creepy. But it's also like the shots are clearly selected. Because so much of what they were trying to do didn't work. Well, that original one was yeah. scripted as aliens. They changed it to alien because they just could only get the one. Get the one more. <laughs> you know? A couple yeah, years later. Like, makeup shit. They're like, now we got the budget. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We can make five of them. Well, it's CGI. It's true. Kids these days, though. Actually, my 11-year-old just the other day, we were watching Scooby-Doo. Oh, and sweet. It, like, not the movies. Like, like the, the original like, cartoons. Yeah. And yeah. he just kept going on about how really amazed he was at how great the animation was for its time. Nice, dude. <laughs> for its time. For its time, yeah. 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 It's computers and you had to draw it. And, and he's yeah. right. Oh, true. I know. But, I, but, you know, Chuck and I are just sitting there like, wow, we're old. That's right. But, yeah, yeah, that's but you know, yeah, it's, yeah. But, and he was just, he's like, this is just amazing. Does he like, does he like the reveal of the, when, you know, the old man is the actual ghost or whatever? Always. Does he buy into that at all? Metal and kids. The metal and kids. It worked for you, metal. There has to be some kind of name for that effect. You know what I mean? Of of the passage of time, and that when you're younger, you can convince yourself that something looks great, and then just because the technology gets better, you're like, that looked like shit, and I wasn't aware. Yeah, Space Jam. That it. Yeah. (laughs) It should just be called Space Jam. (laughs) It's just logical circles. You know. Yes. Or a Teen Wolf effect. Well, it's weird because Wolf like the basketball scene doesn't look that good, but Roger Rabbit came out like t- almost ten years before that and looked way better. 
Same, I remember when like American Actually, Werewolf in London came out. I thought that was the bomb at the time. And my my dad the special was like, effects. My dad was like, "I'm gonna tell you something, son. You're never going to see something like this ever again. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. That's so right. And I was like, it I does still like, hold oh up. God. <laughs> and it's like you know the hair is growing on the ear, and you're like. Oh. Oh. The, the close-up shots of the fingers and the balls extruding and stuff. Yeah, John Landis got that to hold up. Yeah, I think it was agreed. the first one I really appreciated the head rolling across the the cars, you know? That's a great movie. The cop, you know, the head just goes, don't, don't. Exactly. Cry. I, know, I was watching The Exorcist. They had that on the HBO app. And uh, I don't know, there's just something about, like, the old way they did, like, the makeup and all the, like, different rubber usage and everything compared to the computers now. It just, mm-hmm. it had a way better look to it on camera. What is that position that, uh, you know, people do in gymnastics where they go upside down like this with their head? You know what I'm talking uh, about? Up underneath over. their butt. The, is it, what or is like, it? A br- like a bridge or a back walkover uh, when they yes, go. Yes, yes, the yeah. back walkover. Mm-hmm. Best use of a back walkover ever yes. in a film. Yes. Just ever. You couldn't, and in the original film, they didn't have the back walkover. You know, it's also in the, the best use of it's in the recut. Tube you've ever seen. I have a friend yeah. in town. <laughs> yeah. I have a good friend in town. Actually, somebody that we met at Country Day, a, a, like a parent that's, you know, at Country Day, it's few and far between of fine parents like, like us. Right. So, but so uh, we ran into <laughs> my friend, my kid found their kid. And, uh, and you know, they kind of started hanging out. And, I, and, so, and when I saw this kid's mom, I was like, Think, I think we need to meet, and we ended up having them the, this couple over for um, for for you know hanging out. The kids were hanging out, and I was like, how'd you guys meet? And they're like, well, we met in a zombie chat room. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> and actually, he makes horror masks. Like he he does uh-huh. horror masking, and like he does all of that. You guys yeah. should totally have him huh. on pod. Fucking right. He, Is he, it Daniel? Is his name Daniel? No, his name's oh. R. J. Savin. Huh. Okay. Kind of one of those. S a v i n. S E V I N, yes, E V I N. Okay, Savin. Yes. Huh, okay. Yes. Cool. And he's, I mean, he's getting work. I mean, like, I can't uh, speak for him, I, you know, but he's really. He's, he's doing well. Astounding. Yeah. Astounding, like Walking Dead sort of doing nice. makeup cool. and masking. And, yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. And his house is great because, you know, you walk in and there's like fucking crazy shit. I tell you what, if there was one thing that I would figure it's that like this town. Dead people everywhere. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> this town for the film industry would be ready for two things locations and makeup. Mm-hmm. You know, and specialized makeup even. You know? Yeah. Just people roll into town and it's like, I mean, come on, because people go crazy with the makeup on. Halloween and Mardi Gras, etc. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. So that I'm not that surprised. I know a guy also that blows shit up for a living. You know, he's the you know the, special yeah. effects guy, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Guy. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, how do you even get into that in and around New Orleans? And he's like, I'm from the West Bank, and I was like, oh, well, that kind of makes sense. So is RJ. Where you, makes sense. Well, you blow yeah. shit up for fun. When you're yeah, you just blow fun. shit up for fun. Right? Yeah. right, exactly. Well, you put like the bottle rockets and the bottles and fire them. Yeah, shit. yeah, exactly. Or like you put the what? What is it? The dry ice in the in the. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. The effects in, in the milk jug. Right, See, right. And the gas blows it up. Exactly. Yeah. I want to do. I want to. I, I want to. I want like those people to do stage shows. I think we need better stage shows here. Better like stage guys, shows, yeah. you know. Yeah, like right. Really special effects right. for live special shows. Special effects for live shows. Yeah, you know. I mean, yeah. like the old shows we used to do, and I'd like to like you know. Rock I, shows. I you're talking about. Like well, burlesque, rock shows burlesque, or the burlesque shows. Or the burlesque you know? shows. Yeah. Yeah. So and 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 you know, I just did one recently, and I really wanted 
RJ on that, but it's hard what, to. That's know. a good segue too. Just what's your um, background in burlesque? If you want to tell our listeners like that whole story, how did you get it? How did you when and how did you get into burlesque? Like how long have you been in New Orleans? And we've had Bella Blue on the podcast a couple of times. Who's talked about the scene? Yeah. What's what was your experience like, and what was sort of the impetus uh, of getting into it? And everything. Uh, uh, I. I was dancing my whole life and danced through college, and then after college, I didn't, wasn't really doing. I did some modern dance companies here and there, and did some stuff, and then it was right when the Shim Shimettes were yeah. just emerging. Um, the Shim Sham Club had the Shim Shamettes, which were actually uh, when Louis Prima owned the Shim Sham Club, he had Shim Shamettes. So I'm uh -huh. sorry, Sam Bitter. So anyway, Louis Prima. Uh. Sam Butera owned that club? Owned that club. Well, uh, the Shim Shim Club on Bourbon. And then ah, it, that was the Toulouse Street Theater. That's right. That's I right. can't talk about the history because I'll get it wrong. And, right, and sure. And I should, you know. Sure. But, but yes. But, but folks, for, for those of you who don't know, we're talking about what is now the uh, called One, One Eye, Eye Jacks. Jacks. Correct. Exactly. exactly. Yes, but it was the Toulouse Street Theater. And, but there was a Shim Sham Club um, on Bourbon Street. And then... Um, and then the club on Toulouse became the Shim Sham Club when Morgan Knight bought it. And then uh, he decided to have the Shim Shamettes, which were honestly a bunch of girls who were working on Bourbon Street. Yeah. Who just decided to get, you know, kind of got really into the history of, of actually dancing proper burlesque instead of, um, or the true art of striptease, I should say. And I didn't really know them, but I knew of them. And I was kind of like, put my be. I was like, I'm gonna do that. Yeah. Like I like that. I'm I'm gonna do that. And I was actually telling people in D.C. at home that I was a shim shim at way before I ever was one. Uh, um, <laughs> and then I, yeah, uh, you That's know, I was great. like, yeah, no, I'm doing Trust this in New Orleans. But I got, but I did meet uh, Nina Bozak, who's the founder and choreographer of the Shim Shimettes, and actually through Chris Lane introduced me to her one uh, one evening, and um, and then she called me for an audition, so I auditioned for them, and that was after the, I mean, the Shimettes were like there were like twenty something of them, but they were at the point where they were able to bring on new girls and audition them. So, um, can can I say that I, that that really was kind of that group. Maybe there were other groups too, but my memory, mm. you know, there were two others in the. There country. were two others, but that in really, the that really was like the ground floor the ground of floor. what we know as the burlesque scene in New Orleans. Correct. Correct. In the country. In the country. Yes, yeah. there was there was a troupe in San Francisco and a troupe in L.A. and us. Wow. That was pretty much it. And what so, year, what year around was it, was this when you started? Mm, Ninety-eight, ninety-nine. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Seems around, seems right. Four two thousand. Yeah, around there. Or the, somewhere around there. The yeah. Mat, the Matador days. Yes, yeah, correct. Right. It was. Um, right. It was. And so yeah, there were literally just like, it was because it was, and I was like, this is amazing. It was you know the, the first. Um, so yeah, I auditioned and I got understudy. Actually, I didn't even get in. So, I was you know I was kind of like okay, but then I got called for the first show. And the and I and the first I didn't even dance the first show that I did I like I was flanking some other girl who was doing a strip tease but I was up on a ladder with my arms up like this and <clears throat> nothing from here up like just pasties <laughs> right. on top right right and yeah. but and like I had never done that on stage at all so it yeah. was like diving in head first wow. you know it was like 
Yeah. You're not even going to start with anything on. You're just gonna, like, the curtain's going to open and you're just going to be there. So yeah. that was it. And that was, you know, and I was hooked. And so that, yeah, that's, uh, did that for how many years? Yeah. You know, the Shim Sham Club kind of closed pretty quickly after that. Yeah, it wasn't really, it kind of flamed out pretty quickly, right? I mean, it was around for like, what, four years? Yes. Max? Max. Yeah. It was more like three and some change. Three and some change. Right. Yeah. Um, and the Shemettes were there for, you know, the kind of the latter part of that. Uh, but, you know, got pretty, I mean, the shows were huge. And there was, you know, we had press all over. I we remember had, that. Yeah. It took yeah, off like that. crazy. It took off like crazy. Yeah. It was like an yeah. event. Yeah. Right? yeah. It was huge events. And did yeah. you have uh, live bands that were playing with you? And, and yes. One? You did. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Ronnie Magri and his band. Mm-hmm. Always. It was the Shim Sham Review. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And yeah. you guys travel at all? We did a little bit, not as the Shamettes. The Shamettes didn't really travel. We did a, we did events around town. We got hired for conventions and stuff like that. Okay. But yeah, we yeah. actually got we we actually got our lights shut off because we were hired for something and it turned out to be a Disney thing, and and we were like in the middle of the show, oh, and shit. and they literally like cut, the, cut lights. the lights. They cut the whole like all of the the whole power of the whole How thing. How could they not know? We was were, there not a rehearsal? Exactly. Was there not I don't but was, there, the, was there not a rehearsal or no one? I, you know, that's funny. I, I feel like there was. That's like they knew what they were, what we, what we did. Someone walked into the room and was like, "What?" And we actually, yeah, but we, we actually did. But we did. But you know, the shamans were actually very traditional. You know, we did a fan dance and a can can. You know, we really did things that were not necessarily, you know, removal of clothing. It was, right. it was like we did traditional dances that were risque. Right, you know, at the you know when burlesque really had had its heyday, and so that's what we were doing, and they just they cut us off. I think we had one girl do one number that you know she took some stuff off, but they, but we knew that it wasn't. I mean, you know, it's a convention, so you don't go all the way. Yeah, right, right, um, right. Yeah, it's a right. you do your clean act. But <laughs> yeah, you do the clean act. Yeah. But no, they shut us down. Right. They like Corporate it was like I mean yeah. <laughs> the clean five. Do you have a yeah. clean ten? Spencer, what yeah. do you mean for the corporate gigs? Do you have a clean ten? Like a clean, a clean ten, ten minutes? minutes? Uh, no, I don't do corporate gigs. Sweet. <laughs> Stand by <laughs> principal, a man with no, principles. no, our integrity. There you go. <laughs> no. If you if you had well, they used to back in the day when you'd go on Johnny Carson, you had to have your clean clean five. Right. You wouldn't go on David Letterman with your clean five back in the day. Well, David Letterman is on Netflix now. I don't need a clean five anymore. So that's a big part of it. Right. You just totally avoided the hypothetical. <laughs> Completely. Yeah, you didn't go to improv. The yes and improv school, did you? You just shit, you just shit on my point. <laughs> it was a moot point, and I just needed to prove it. Was it was a moot point. <laughs> so no clean five for you? No. No. All right. I think that's the way to go, Spence. Stick to your guns, man. Yeah. 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 Me too. Don't don't Just have I was it. asking the question don't doesn't mean I was encouraging you to have a clean five. And you know what? <laughs> this is why, because you, years ago Bill Hicks was scheduled to go on David Letterman. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and they asked him to scrub it. And he was like he was like, I just look, man, I don't want to do that anymore. You know? I'll try and pick the best stuff out of what I have. And he's like, I'm not going to do any modification, but I'll pick the stuff that is more in line with what it is that you're sure. talking about. It, and then I'll forward that to you. 
right? Right. And so he did, and they were like, we're finally going to allow Bill Hicks to come on. Right. And then the night of the show, they pulled the plug on him. Replaced yeah. it. Or didn't, didn't no. they bump him? Or? No, no, they, they recorded it. They and then they recorded it. it, and they didn't air it. Didn't. Until like 10 years after he died or and something. And then he died like six months later. Yeah. Right. And then Letterman got the Bill Hicks's mom to come on the show several years later and apologize to her. Nice. And then they aired it that, that night. And I hope he fired the producer who made that decision, too. Well, I think he, he would have well, been firing himself. Yeah. Uh, I think Letterman's the one that made, made, the, <laughs> that the, made the call. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, that's a completely diversion thing. But, if somebody uh, asks you, stick you to your guns, man. Five, you know, tell them you have an explicit six. <laughs> there you go. I have two words for your clean five. <laughs> Fuck you. Except the use not innocuous. Fuck, no, but it's the word. Dick face. Yeah. So, um, what are we going to talk about now, guys? <laughs> are we done with burlesque? Like. Yeah, are there more stories uh, from back in the in the beginning days? Uh, you know, well, the shimmets fizzled out, and we moved to, and then we were like a six-girl thing, you know? What, shim- was, what was that called? The Southern Jezebels. Uh-huh. Because the shimmets were like 20-plus. You know, it's amazing. I'll tell you this. The, the, and this, this just like take, because now I just, pre- I just actually did, um, I've been dancing again a little bit here and there, and... Uh, what was really nice was that Fifi, Fifi Mahoney's <clears throat> hired Nina, my the choreographer and founder of the Shemats, and myself to produce their 20th anniversary show. Mm. And so nice. we produced this big burlesque show. So we're like the old farts working with all the new young girls. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're great. You know, and it's and all of them they all have their like. 35 numbers that they can just like do or you can actually just get i mean they're they're really great to work with and there's so many of them. i mean back then they were like you know yeah. just us yeah, yeah you know and yeah. we all had like i mean it took us a long time so many people wanted it, to do well it. it was a different thing too because we our show had you know we did we had a live band we had lots of of numbers that were group numbers that had to be heavily rehearsed and you know and now right. it's more like you know each girl has her own act and she just kind of comes in and does her own thing but man i tell you we had like 27 something performers it was amazing how much easier it was to get 23 old strippers together for rehearsals back when we did not have cell phones and texting and all that like you know somehow we were able to schedule rehearsals and everybody be there and for nina and i to get everybody together for this for this fifi show it was astounding and i like i'm like how in the world did all these like you know, it's like strippers in New Orleans get together and produce this amazing stuff. And and now it's like, when, when, yeah, it was like leaving 15 messages and like throwing rocks at Lorelai's window to try to, you know, like, rehearsal, come uh, on. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the girls, the girls these days are really, um, they're really amazing at their, what they're doing. You know, it's, sure. pretty, it's pretty great to see some of the stuff that they're doing. You know, it's, it's kind of funny to, to work with them again and, Oh, we actually did. Nina and I did a show, the Bourbon and Burlesque show with Trixie Makes, like a couple of years ago, and it was the first time that we had done it. And we kind of made it like a like a Southern Jezebel or Sham, Sham Review reunion sort of yeah, a thing, yeah. and it was billed mm-hmm. that way. You know, it was like the original girls, and you know, so backstage we're getting ready, and Trixie calls together this this whole uh, Trixie Makes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, she yeah. she pulls together everybody for like the powwow backstage, and she's like. 
And I just want to say how honored we are to have some the original girls. Great, like, you know, and we're just like, really? Are we that? I mean, it really sounded like we were, you know, 60 <laughs> years old, you know? Like, we're just, we're sitting there like, it was really just like eight years ago we were doing this. Yeah, right, right, right. We're still kind of hot. We're, <laughs> you know, I'm like, just because I'm over 40 doesn't mean I right. can't still do it. <laughs> and, uh, but it's fun. It's fun. And now, actually, now Nina and I are dancing, doing a rock and roll thing now. So now everybody's are you? coming. Yeah. What's that all about? Where do people see that? On Bourbon. I'm sorry, not on Bourbon Street. On, uh, <laughs> <laughs> on Decatur. You remember? Yeah, on nice. Decatur. It's Santos. Every third Thursday, we're doing like a rock and roll dance burlesque party. It's Whoa, awesome. Oh, come on. Yeah. Seriously. That's awesome. Yeah, every no, third. Every third Thursday. Nice. And we, well, it's at least at, at least once a month at Santos. It's called yeah. Real Cool Trash. Um, <laughs> and it involves Josh and Jessica, who are DJs here in town. Josh, he goes by Josh Lee Hooker. Um, and, Josh Lee Hooker. Uh, uh, well, you, you might remember good. that. Well, they used to do Rock and Roll Suicide at the Shim Sham Club huh. fucking years ago. Wow. Okay. Um, and so I don't, I don't remember. You don't remember that? Yeah. Uh, well, the old rockers from the Shim Sham Club used, you know, used to have a big rock and roll night and uh, with go-go dancers and the whole thing. Cool. So it's kind of similar, except that we're doing some burlesque acts and, um, but yeah, we got we've go-go dancers throughout the night and then like every you know fifteen twenty minutes or so we do a, we do a, uh, some sort of performance number, whether it is whether it's a burlesque or some sort of variety thing or a group thing or like a synchronized, I don't know, but That's it's great. all rock, it's all vinyl. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. It's, it's kind of great. You mean yeah. good, good crowds for that? It's kind of great. We've only done three so far. Wow. And yes, yeah. they've been growing every time. We were actually good. just supposed to open up for the Dead Boys last week, two weekends ago. And cool. They, yeah, but they had to cancel because Cheetah Chrome um, was sick. So... Oh, okay, so so, so what night again? To, so plug that again. <laughs> <laughs> it's technically every third Thursday of the month. However, it's been kind of getting bumped around. So we're okay. doing it at least once a month on a Thursday, and we're trying to do it not too late. It's it's more like you know nine to one as opposed to eighties night at Jack's, of course, which is every Thursday. You know, which is eleven to three. So you know, yeah. we're kind of trying to. You know, do the rock nice. before you go get your 80s on. And then where do people gotcha. uh, find it online? Is there like one place they want to see the next time you're doing it? You know, it's thing? funny. Santos will put it up. We'll usually yeah. put it up on Facebook. But the event itself is called Real Cool Trash. Yeah. So, and, you know, and when we're opening up for gigs, it'll it'll say, I mean, like for the Dead Boys, it was, you know, uh, the Dead Boys and Real Cool Trash. It's listed as, as you know, it's a rock and roll dance party yeah. is what we call it. A rock and roll dance party with featured performances. So, you know. That's fun. It is pretty fun. It's actually pretty, it's, it's really, there's nothing else like it. And it's, yeah. it's pretty great because, you know, it's, I just did a number to um, Roxy Music in every dream home of heartache, which was like so very fun. Huh. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, wow. Yeah. They were kind of like, what do you want to dance to? I was like, that's, I was kind of, because, uh, you know, it's Roxy Music. So. Sweet. Yeah. And uh, for people out there who don't know, Santos has been open probably a year now, mm -hmm. something like that. And uh, it's a it's a rock and roll club. It's owned by Benji Lee, correct? Of uh, of Supergroup Super fame, and also of a couple of other retail outlets around town. I think, right? The Saint. 
the saint and also the high volt high volt coffee shop coffee shop right mm-hmm. yeah exactly um so it's a it's a rock and roll club basically it's a rock and roll club yeah and um for those of you who listen to the podcast and grew up in and around the new orleans area you will know that it was at one point in time the blue crystal and it's been a variety of uh deep and dark gothic and or rock and roll iterations that uh you know tend toward the low lighting vibe the darkness vibe a lot of black a lot of deep deep blues yes things of that nature dark browns Yes. Stuff, stuff like that. It's not if quite you can, that dark. Santos, it's not, Santos, no, Santos is lit a little up bit, a little bit more. It's lit up a little bit yeah, more in it there. Is, yeah. It bo- is. There's a little fake fireplace too. In yeah, there, there like is. Yeah, yeah. We, we usually put a girl up on there for nice. those nights. See? Get them dancing up there. I yeah. haven't been there yet. Crucifer, the uh, heavy, heavy metal uh, rock Mardi Gras parade. That's where they did their after party. Yes, that's, that's right. correct. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They got a nice stage in the back. They do some great shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's That's a cool. it's a great it's a great so space. When, it's a beautiful bar upstairs. Uh, April fifth. April fifth. Yeah. Nice. So oh, not wow. this Thursday, but next. Nice. Cool. I'm putting that yes. on the calendar, dude. Yes, yeah. please come. Yes, please, you guys. April fifth. April fifth. It is right. And so I'm dancing. My and Nina Bozak. Uh, the the I keep I keep plugging Nina. She's gonna she's gonna kill me. But you know she's again the founder and choreographer of the Shim Shimettes from years ago. We. Um, She's doing a lot of our choreography, so it's kind of great. Cool. How, how do you like? Um, how do you like? It sounds like you love it, but wearing the producing hat, you like? How, how do you like that? I love it. Yeah. I love it. Really? That's your jam. I do. You gonna do it for a long time? You think? You hope? Uh, I would love to. I would love to produce more shows. I, I mean, I like being on that side of it. I like I like performing and producing, and you know, uh, this one. This one I'm kind of doing both, but it's more. Uh, we've got Casey Chaos doing some promotion for. I mean, producing for us now. Um, so she's, you know, she's kind of she, she's gathering up a lot of the girls to come in. We'll have guest guest burlesque girls to come in and right. uh, um, and dance with us. Nina and I will always be doing go-go dancing and then um, choreographed numbers that that the two of us do, uh, and we're called the Rock and Rollines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the rock and rollines. Um, so, uh, but I, I enjoyed producing that. Doing the Fifi show, I loved doing the Fifi show. It was a lot of work, but I loved doing that. But that was also, you know, 27 different performers and we yeah. had like 13 different vignettes that we did. So it was like, or acts. Outside, so of, outside of choreography and then the actual performing, what's the largest what takes up what's the most work percentage wise is it like costuming or fi- I mean figuring out depends on the show uh, for the Fifi show we did a lot of props we worked on yeah. we like we really wanted to set the stage because a lot of times the stages aren't set like like they used to be you know we used to yeah. for the for the Chimet shows and especially the Southern Jezebel shows I mean we had massive scene changes and you know right. just lots right. of lots of stuff going on on stage and nowadays it's just kind of like a girl in her costume right you know or a yeah. boy in her costume depending on the situation um so that that was it was really important for us to really set the stage lighting yeah lighting 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 that was big we spent yeah. a lot of time working on lighting you guys do that yourself <clears throat> you're a designer and no we have a designer like, i can't i don't know the yeah. lighting, but yeah. you know I mean, we, yeah we worked with somebody oh, we but to, you spent a lot of time doing tech rehearsal with the lighting yes right? yeah with yeah. The choreography yeah, right yeah, 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 yeah. you know 
it's stuff like for shows like that it's so much that's the kind of stuff that's really under under uh, or overlooked these days I, just, uh, I mean like people don't realize how so some of the shows these days they just don't realize how important that stuff is the problem Cause the, is because the lighting cues are off if the lighting cues are off it just throws well, everything or if there's no right? lighting I mean, you right. know if you just have like a dead yeah. white stage you know like yeah. especially for burlesque shows it, yeah. it's just like you, yeah. you gotta have you gotta have your lighting. You gotta have your props. You gotta have your your saves. The problem is, is that a lot of that co it costs money. Totally. So you know a lot of the, the younger producers, and you know back in uh, the Shim Sham Southern Jezebel days. I mean, we spent a lot. We actually tried to do a reunion show at one point, and we feel we realized it was like thousands of dollars to try to get us up for like one show. Yeah. Right. You right. Know, yeah. Just to just for you know the band musicians. Yeah. Which, yeah, you, you gotta know, sell the tickets. Got you got yeah, and you gotta sell, but you gotta pay the band if you're gonna have a live band. You know, I mean, yeah. there's just yep. so there's there's gotta be a huge budget, and if you don't have that, then has there, I, I would say prop work and costuming. Has there ever been anyone who approached you guys, or, or did, has anyone ever done documentary style filming of the Shim Shamettes or, or any iteration of burlesque that you've been involved with? A and E did a huge documentary. They did. Yeah. What? A&E did a huge documentary called It's Burlesque. Yeah, okay. That featured the Shim Shamettes. Get out of here. Well, yeah, what? no. Yeah. When, and, did um, that, when did that air? Shim Shamette days. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 99. Spencer, you, uh, you could, you could probably pull the up tag. the... I'll look it up now. Yeah, you could... Yeah, look up uh, It's Burlesque from A&E. You can actually order the DVDs of it. That gets nice. around. Yeah, I don't, it's a really great documentary. Yeah, it's a great documentary. It's like feature but it, length. It features the the Shim Shamats through the whole thing. Yeah, nice. Yep, and I had just been hired, except I was the, there were two spots, and the one girl Dawn, who I who I love dearly, and I, anyway, she got the spot and ended up in the documentary, and I was the other thing. Oh, I didn't get it. <laughs> like it was literally that documentary. the documentary was filmed like a week after I auditioned for the Shamettes, and I was like not quite there yet, but that's okay. It's still yeah. it's excellent. It's excellent, but it it really it shows what the Shamettes used to be and do. Yeah, you know? mm. I mean I don't think anybody does anything? the can can like we used to do the can can. We used to have ten girls on stage doing the can can. Yeah, we have yeah. an overview on Turner Classic about it. Mm. So y'all made Turner classic though, so it's a classic film. There you go. See? Yep. Well, we were classic girls. <laughs> that was been narrated by Harry Shearer. Yes, it was wow. narrated by Harry nice. Shearer. Oh, there you go. Voice mm -hmm. of the Simpsons. Well, yeah, friend of New Orleans. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, big friend of New Orleans. App. Yes, indeed. Yeah, absolutely. He's got some show coming up that I've been seeing on Facebook. Here in town? I think so. Yeah, it's some kind of. Sp it's him. His character, what is his character's name? Small, Derek Smalls? Is that the character from Spinal Tap? Yes. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh Sure. He's it's a solo thing as Derek Smalls. Hmm. The bass player. I've actually Spinal never Tap. seen him live in this town. I have videotaped him playing live on Louisiana Jukebox with his wife. Well he and his wife always Louisiana do a Jukebox. Christmas years show. and years they ago. Always do that annual holiday show. Yeah, yeah, Judith Owen. Yeah, Judith Owen, yeah. 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 They do yeah. that. She's a really great singer. You know, yeah, and good friends with Jamie Lee Curtis. Okay, which she'll yeah. let you know. <laughs> <laughs> Can you blame her? 
Yeah. Oh, nowhere. Exactly. I just flash back to trading places in my head. Now I just like skipped five beats. Look, I'm not saying anything bad. I was very impressed with Judith Owen, but when I was doing camera for that, I was like, dude, I'm videotaping Harry Shearer Harry right now. Right, exactly. I was just like head tripping on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And it was the most innocuous thing. Like he's just playing bass, you know, like she's all over the keys, killing it. Amazing instrumentalist, amazing right. vocalist. And Harry's just like laying down the, the bass. A really simple line. Right. I'm like, dude, I'm videotaping Harry. <laughs> this is great. Right. Uh, See, I, would, I would probably be more starstruck with Harry Shearer. I, th- I think so. You know, yeah. He comes out to the uh, to the T-Rex parade every year. Oh, does he? Every single year he That's comes out. Great. Yeah. You're just like marching along, man. And like Harry Shearer is like right there. You know? Yeah. Yep. He's That's like the star. I know. It's cool. It's cool. Man, I hear David Burns going to be in town for a while. Oh, like, yeah. It's killing me. It's going to be in town for a while. I, 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 I don't know. Is the after hour show happening? See, this or? is what I don't know. Like he's going to gig around? I, I, so, y'all, somebody tell me. I don't know. Who'd you I'm, I'm going to find out. Yeah, who'd you hear this from? Well, I, I heard that he was in town, like kind of prepping for his tour, or going to be in town prepping for his tour for wow. a while. Huh. But see, the dancer in me is like, how do I get on that tour? Like, uh, on that surely, stage. how, you know, surely he needs dancers. Like, surely there's a backup place for me, right? Spencer, have you seen his tour dates? Like, how early in his tour um, of the New Orleans show? Well, I know he's doing Coachella the week before he comes gotcha. in for Jazz Fest. Right. Okay. Um, I don't know what he's looking like after so that. He's not but here Co- yet. He's going to be doing Coachella the week before Jazz Fest starts, and he's playing the first Sunday of Jazz Fest. I know. Which is so like, I could see him staying like a couple days after Jazz Fest, after that Sunday. Uh, but I don't know. He might be doing some shows throughout the nights before. Sometimes the tours kick off with a few sporadic shows here and there before they actually get on the regular oh, schedule. Right. Yeah. And they do that at the end sometimes also. Right. Yeah. I uh, had the pleasure of seeing the Stevie Wonder show at in a little 5,000-person outdoor venue, um, and he did like three nights in a row just to prep for his arena tour. Oh, yeah. And it was a last-minute right. booking by the music promoter that I worked for out in Oregon, where they were just like, these guys aren't ready for the tour. Literally, they called, and it was like, next week, can you accommodate us at this venue that holds 5,000 people? And they just did three shows, yeah. and they were phenomenal. Yeah. Surely, I think that's how the story went. Surely David Burns um, do Well, no, that's what, uh, that's what Hannibal Burris did when he came and did Lost Love Lounge. Oh, he's touring days. like crazy. Just, like, David Byrne is. Hung around. See? Yeah, getting ready for his show. Getting ready for his show. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, if, if, some, if anybody sees him, just holla. I'm going to come running. Yeah. <laughs> I had my, 40, my 40th birthday party. It was like a talking heads party. Sweet. I did I did stop making sense. He, oh, my God. Did you really? He, uh, the, no. only, the only break in David Burns tour from now through Jazz Fest is five days following his appearance at Jazz Fest. Okay, so we'll probably be so staying here for the week. He's playing. That. He's playing pretty much every single night between now and Jazz Fest, and then he has five, six days off before he plays in Atlanta. And then, mm. it, and then it's every. Which yeah, I'd rather stay in New Orleans than Atlanta that. for five days. Right. Yeah, I appreciate that as a you know as a plan. Yeah, that's what you want to do. So he'll be around. I'll, uh, you want to rejuvenate before you. I'll play see Atlanta. if he's staying at our hotel or anything. Okay. Okay. Sweet. Well, you know, Chris and Trina from Talking Heads are b- huge fans of Festival International. Tom Tom Club. Yes, the Tom Tom Club. They're they're huge fans of Festival oh, International. They're right, they're okay. there often. Yeah. Uh, and actually, they were at a restaurant. One of those moments where like they were sitting at a at like a brunch restaurant, uh, and I like they were like right there, 
And, yeah. You know, and it's like one of those moments where like, I'm not going to bother celebrities. I'm not, but I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you really want to. <laughs> top, top club. Right. I really wanted to. And then they walked out the door and I still was, I was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And I still regret it. I really wish I just like, just done it. That's how I feel about JB's move. Okay. Every time I've been like at a picnic table eating crappy festival food, like five feet from him, which has been a bunch. Yeah. That you would have gone up to him and like just said hi. No, I just wanted to come up and do some like curb line or something, like a curb enthusiasm line. Oh boy! Exactly, which oh, is why right. I resist it. Which is why you don't do it. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. Yeah. Right. But I'm not going to talk to him unless I'm pretending like I'm Larry David. Oh. I let Lewis Black get in front of me in the salad line. Oh, you did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that yeah. was pretty cool. That was, that was nice good. of you. No, we we both did the reach for the good. fucking for the tongs at the same time. <laughs> Ah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And right. I didn't know. I didn't know it was him. I was just like looking at the food. And I was like, I'll reach for the tongs. And this other guy, and he was like, Whoa. He liked and it. I, all those little miniature and I was like, I was like, Louis Black. I could tell immediately the fingers. Sure. Were. Yeah. And I was like, oh, hey, man. Oh, right. You yeah, He's right. spazzing out. He was like, salad bar. He was like, well, thank you. You know? And Let me get some radishes now. <laughs> that's great. That's a great. See, that's a great. Radishes. It's like drinking it. water. Yeah, there was See? that, and uh, they eat salads the, just like we all do. Alexandra Scott got me to get her a free meal, right? She had a she had a leg issue, you know. That was one. I think I saw Kristen Stewart back there. I'm a sucker. One year I'm she easy. played one of the festivals that I worked at. Kristen Stewart or one of those outdoor concert series. She was playing some band, huh? Like maybe shaking a tambourine for her boyfriend in the moments before right, each other. Right, right. And she was all sullen and sulky. I still, Bad my favorite posture. moment is Derek Freeman winding up on the Jumbotron. Yeah. If somebody was like, come join us on stage, man, with widespread panic. Oh, really? Yeah, and he he, he jumps out on the congas. Right? right, exactly. And like the cameraman's like, yo, this guy's yeah. cool. And he just focuses on Derek, you know, oh, and, then yeah. they, oh, and awesome. they just keep throwing to him over and over and over again. And there's like 75,000 people just like. <laughs> Exactly. Look at Derek Freeman. That's yeah. great. Yeah, I know. It was, it was really sweet. That's great. Then he found the strip club. We've been through this story. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. We should be able to call up which episode that is. But man, the, the famous Bonnaroo strip club that Derek Freeman found and led us to. What? He he club? he. There was a intense city. Intense city. There was a this rumor going around that there was a strip club out in Tent City. And there was. And yeah, and Derek Freeman was like, "We're going to find it. I know where it is." As the sun's coming up. Yeah, Sunday yeah. morning. So they grabbed yeah, Monday like a, morning. Right yeah, now. yeah, exactly. They yeah. grabbed the golf cart and went out there. And he got, found it. Got one of the golf carts. They found it, but all the action was over by yeah. that point. Yeah, it was like seven o'clock in the morning. It was bottomless, yeah. even. Yeah. <laughs> nice. They were from Atlanta, so I'm sure. Ah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Sure. Very good. What's going on over there, Joel? Struggling a little bit. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's a cough break. Cough break. We had so we actually the Sun Jezebels had um, Jude Law and Sean Penn at one of our shows once, and I was sick. And I they were in, they were in town. I uh, see. I'm That's what happens. Off. That's what right. happens. Well, no, I yeah. was there at the gig, but I was like I was feeling horrible, and I had just like it was kind of like I was balancing this call of like to, I'll just I mean I was here for the group numbers, but they were gonna cut my solo just because I was like I was not feeling. Well, so finally I made the call and I was like, you know what? Yeah, let's just, I'm going to, I'm not going to do my, 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 my solo act and I'll just, you know, I'll make it through the group numbers and then I got to go home. 
and you know like two minutes before curtain ryan von hessling comes backstage and he's like so jude law and sean penn are up in my box you know no pressure <laughs> you know nice. and i'm just like what but and, you know but at that point it had already been cut and the band was told and like all the things and so i didn't do my number and then i went home and then and like everybody ended up hanging out backstage with you like like after hours with jude law and sean penn and they were like hanging out with the girls all night and i was wow. homesick oh, you know yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> Right, I'm like, my, like the opportunity to, you know, do like a solo performance in front of those guys. Totally. Oh well. Dang, that's the bricks, man. I'm saying all that's the time. A, yeah. I, yeah, every time. You're like shit. Yeah, Just well, I mean, Santos is about to be on fire. I can I'm tell saying. you. That. That's, that's right. what I'm talking about. That's correct. Thank it's you very be, much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all the all the highfalutin entertainers are going to be rolling through there. Are all heading to Santa. Well, yeah, we also... For the rock and roll burlesque... I mean, the rock and roll... It's a variety show. I don't want to say it's a burlesque show. It's like, you know, it's a rock yeah. and roll, like, variety dance party. Totally. Are you guys going to have a show anywhere in and around Jazz Fest? Because we do have a lot of listeners who are probably coming into town for Jazz Fest. Uh, you know what? Yeah. That's a good question. Okay. Um, the Dead Boys are actually rescheduling for May, so I, okay. I, it would be nice if it was the first weekend of May. Yeah, I doubt yeah. it, but I, you know, um, I don't think that we're scheduled. But if we do, I'll let you guys know, and okay. you can say it in the. In, you know, we will. We'll Facebook and tweet it. Yes, that shit. we'd love that. Are you, love you, that. you guys taking the kids out to Jazz Fest? Is that a family affair for y'all? You know what's a family affair is Festivals International. Nice. Uh, uh -huh. In Lafayette. Okay. We go every year. Huh. Um, Why is that? because it is awesome mm -hmm. it's really great have you ever been yep it's uh, I've been uh, once. you've been once yeah years ago though we love it it's very you know it's grown um the the artists that come through are really it's kind of for me what jazz fest used to be you know like yeah. a lot of right. like music world music that you've never like you never would have heard otherwise you've never like you've never don't know who it is never seen me just kind of like wander up on a stage and you're like blown away by something amazing right yeah. that's not the jazz fest isn't that still but you know it's you can't necessarily just wander up to a stage jazz fest these days that's right yeah so you uh, know, uh, yeah where's, that's right right but that, that festival also just to be fair is can get really crowded as it well it can get very crowded because they have Absolutely. some narrow streets yes and in some of their programming i feel like they don't necessarily know who they have. Yes. Uh, which is true. also a little bit of an issue at Jazz Fest a couple, sometimes. That's right. Especially on Congo Square. That's right. Right. They yes. have no idea right. sometimes. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. they have acts on Congo Square that should be on the Acura stage. That's right. You know, because they're that they're big. They're that big. Right. Exactly. And and so, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, because I can't remember the name of the damn band. I'm sorry. But they're like the kind of brass band with the Indian vibe going on. Um, they're they're pretty famous. Uh, I can't remember the name of them. Anyway, that a few years back they were at International Festival and they put them on a smaller stage, and it was like, couldn't, yeah, like everybody was there to see move. that band. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah, right. And they were just couldn't like, whoa, move. yeah. But I mean, you know, whatever. I mean, that's the perils of festival programming. You know, of course. it happens sure. wherever you go. Sure, yeah. you know. I mean, honestly, for the for the kids and the family, well, plus the fact that, that the, the kid's grandma lives in Lafayette, so, you know, we go and we have free lodging. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, there you go. So, that, that's that easy. That helps, yeah. Yeah, and it's, and, you know, it's it's a free festival, too, so the kids that right. helps, yeah, yeah, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, and often grandma will, like, take the kids 
home and, yeah. and we can stay and then that festival actually go the music goes on to like 11 p.m you know and then everybody spills into the clubs after that nice. um so we always do that first weekend right kind of right. always except this year because i'm gonna have to see david Byrne on sunday yeah you're so right so i'll be back for that um but so and, you guys will you drive know, back sunday morning or something yeah probably yeah. No, I love Jazz Fest. I've always loved Jazz Fest. Jazz Fest has, like, I mean, historically been my jam. I I mean, I spend every day at Jazz Fest. I was a brass pass holder. I mean, that's basically why I moved here. Huh? That's basically why I moved here. Because it was like, I can't afford to keep coming back to visit. (laughs) Jazz Fest. (laughs) Right. So I just got to live here. Dude, can I tell you a little anecdote, then about the International Festival? The first time that I ever, that I went, I got hired to go and shoot some stuff. With uh, Kirsten Staffa. Oh yeah, remember oh, Kirsten Staffa? Of course. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And uh, and exactly what we were talking about on the last episode with Zach was that there was this crossover. That's right. Thing that was going on from the still world to the video world. Yep. And she got mad at me. I don't know why she got she got angry with me for some. And I was like, because at the end of the thing, I was like, no, you just got to hand in your tapes. And she, and it was like the still photographer in her came out exactly you know? mm-hmm. and she was like we don't get to negotiate for this for like points oh i feel like blah, we blah, had blah. this conversation recently yeah no <laughs> in the last episode like i just said <laughs> and, wait where were you, you i was in the bathroom <laughs> yeah that's right exactly <laughs> i'm back guys listeners <laughs> Any, anyway that was my first time at international fest but i had a great time when i was there there were some killer bands that were performing there it was like it's totally awesome yeah I just remember that. That was because I didn't. I didn't know what was going on. I was working. Know? I was producing a gig uh, with Andrew at the convention center, and I hired Andrew. I hired uh, Alan Parks and Kristen Stoffa as a combo, and it was the same thing. I was catching the vibes. Kristen was vibing out Alan because Alan like did the deal with me, and Alan's a video guy. Yes, and she's still. Right. And I, that's when I first experienced that little like percolating like weirdness between the two mediums. <laughs> yes, yeah. I'm like they're both shooting with basically the same camera, but they're just they're coming. We from, talked about how no, no, how, I'll, and you probably know about this because of your father, right? That mm-hmm. like still photographers have this thing where they license their work and blah blah blah, and people like myself, video people, don't have that at all. And on with Zach on the last episode, we were discussing what we thought the history of that was, perhaps, and uh, and that occasionally, you know, the worlds collide. That's well, right. My father never <laughs> licensed his work. I mean, he worked for UPI and AP. Well, UPI, ah. which turned into AP, but he, right. so like he actually, a lot of my father was a uh, was a presidential photographer, and um, you know, specifically, uh, you know, DC president. Political photographer, yeah. Um, and but he, but for UPI, you know, like the, there's a photograph of of the Kennedy brothers standing on the, you know, on on the at, at the White House and with their arms folded, looking at each other. Well, essentially, my dad took that photograph. But there were like five photographers standing there taking the exact, the exact same photograph. Same shot, it yeah. all goes to UPI, right? You right, know, yeah. and there's but there's no credit for any of them. You know, you don't. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of. In fact, one of my father's photographs came up in um, like U.S. News or something like that. It was like a two-page spread, uh, and and it was an, an inauguration. I forget. I don't remember what president, what year, but it was some, you know, uh, it was 
but it was, my dad knew it was his shock because was, he was the only one that had gotten up on the roof of the Capitol and was shooting down right. over, right. you know? Right, right, And right. he's like, that's my shot, you know? But it was just, it was just AP it Press. It was just AP, yeah. So but I guess it was, I guess the flip side is it was a steady gig, probably, right? It was a steady, was right. a steady gig, right? right. A steddy gig. Right, see, Don't that's... get credit, but you got... Right. Don't get credit. Right. Yes, it was but you can raise guy. a family, and it's so it's weird. Not paycheck to paycheck or contract to contract. Yeah, yeah. So, but if you're a freelancer, you get to do this thing where you're like, you own the photo. You you're own an the act, photo. You're an actor, you know, and like you get residuals yes. from the use you of the photo. Heard da, da, da. Zach yeah. even used which the language. Which is really, I mean, you know, he was, Zach was even saying like, you create the image, and I've always just been like, no, dude, the client's having you come capture an image that they've created. But like, ah, like if yeah. you if you do your if 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 you have a photographer come shoot the Shim Sham Ets, a photographer still photographer's mindset is that that image doesn't exist without their camera. Well, that's even though you and I both know that is there that you put it there, you yes. put that content on stage. But yes. a photographer <laughs> feels like that content doesn't exist without their composition of it. Well, well, I mean, like the early, well, performer at that point. Therefore, signs, they own the like, right to the, that your image, that image, they, correct to your likeness, right? But usually, a performer then sign, will sign to signs your off on your image to that photographer. That's right, because that's what they require, right? In that particular, right? right. So, yeah. I, I know there's some outdated uh, bullshit. It, it, I know, but there's it, it comes there, back to bite you on the ass on either mm -hmm. side. Really, you yeah. know the the, the artist. No, can, I, I, yeah, I'll give my first example with that was like working at cable rep advertising, making cheesy local ads. Right, right. As cheesy as they are, if you make that uh, letter have it ad or Rosenberg's, like nobody fucking remembers who the salesperson was who got the commission. Right, for right. for for selling airtime right. right the only thing that gets remembered is the content that's right they got produced by the person who thought up the ad exactly in the in the mm -hmm. first place you know and it's like and and we never got a commission you know and right. every now and again i would be like i mean think about it like if the buy keeps happening exactly. again and again mm -hmm. and again and again because people are just so they just want to see that commercial again and again because mm -hmm. right. it's so cornball and cheesy. Right. Why don't I get a piece of that? Man? That's right. That was my thing. You should you know? get a piece of that. I should get a piece of that. You should get a piece of that. Well, the, the higher up you go in the food chain of events, you know, the more of a piece you get. You know, exactly. so right. you got to get up to like some point where you can be like, I'm, you know, right. Whatever, important enough to get that or yeah. something. You know, I don't know, but but these freelance still photographers, I still I got to know an answer to this, man. I have to know how they arrange that. Folks, listen, you know? if there's anyone uh, out there that can give us a little history on it, Facebook us, and we'll either have you on the pod if you're local in New Orleans, or we'll call you. Yeah. Because look, my buddy we'll Andy, and, and, and the we'll funny thing you. is that like it's not the case necessarily either if you worked for the big magazine publications because a friend of mine, Andy Levin was a life photographer mm -hmm. right and he got hired it's if you get hired on a contract basis right not if you're like a upi or ap pool photographer if you get hired right. on a contract, contract basis, that's right. right and if you're high enough right he was a uh, what do they call it black star agency right photographer and yeah. so and so he gets to you know you see it in life but he can also print it but he can print it yeah yeah he can print it and he can sell it on his own. Yeah. 
to as many people as you Whereas want. Whereas, yeah, I mean, you know, as a performer, I've had, you know, I've had to sign waiver. You know, if I'm doing a gig and the photographer's there, I sign a waiver saying my image can be, you know, like I, you know, I get paid a certain amount. I mean, I don't any years ago. Uh, you know, but like, yeah. I, like I've had a situation where I had, I had signed off on something, and then like a year later, I see a huge picture of myself in a store, like for sale for Zaps know. potato chips, and and I'm like, and I'm like, anything. that's me. Like, why am I there? Uh, yeah. yeah, and I and I was I was actually really ticked off about I'm it. I'm sure because also it was. It was a number that I was doing that was supposed to be filmed from the back, because it, I'm stuttering on on. I'm sorry, the people can't understand <laughs> what I'm saying. But you know, I I, I was, was the illusion that there was back. nothing on, but there was actually nothing on. But the photographer was supposed to be back here, but exactly. there was a photographer in front, uh -huh. and it was shot from in front, so it was essentially a topless picture of myself that ended up like was literally in a store like you know do you remember what the, what it was advertising it wasn't advertising anything it was just a still it was like a it was being sold as like an art piece oh shit mm -hmm. and but it but I, and i and i kind of and i pitched a fit and i was the owners of the, you know and i we discussed it and they were like we have your waiver that sucks and i was like fuck because you signed something. Because with I signed that something for that event. Because it for was that event. It was an event at it was a it was a Playboy event at Anne Rice's house, and we were and the and the, 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 the Shamettes right? were were performing, yeah, and I, I did that. my number, which I did a reverse strip thing where I was the the nun thing that I used to do, and yeah. and yeah. they <laughs> right. and uh, and it's a thing where I got dressed, so I came out with nothing on, but it's but my back is to the audience but they right. had but they had camera people where there were not supposed to be camera people and that ultimately sucks, my dude. my image that yeah, kills no, the no, contract i still don't know where that, that kills the contract is. see if but, the camera people were in places where they weren't supposed to be and, uh, yeah and so i actually went back over and i looked over the whole thing and there was no clause anywhere in there that said where the camera people Damn. were supposed to oh, be oh well then that's it yeah uh, i mean you know right. i was kind of shit out of luck yeah yeah but you know but still yeah it comes back to, you're like fuck well, it's like a friggin' naked picture of me that you're selling that I'm, you know. How much like, are they selling it for? I don't remember. I should have bought it. I don't know. So many things have happened. I really don't happened. remember. I don't, even, I don't know where, I don't know what happened to it. I, I, I have no idea. You should have paid for that picture. Somebody's got it somewhere. There, well, was yeah. a, there was a time when I was, uh, when, I, when I had the XL1. Yeah. When the cameras, when the, that name of that camera became known by people in like jazz and brass band world and that the existence of that camera created this thing in that community where the presence and look of that camera had to be stopped at all costs ah uh, what yep yeah, yeah. It, it that lasted for about four years four or five years in the early 2000s where yeah. and uh, a, a performer who will remain nameless was like you know, like threatened me. It was like you got to get out of here. And I wanted they up, associated like, not that camera with them getting ripped off, or their what, their likeness. Right, and the funny there. thing was, like at the time too, is like the greater miniaturization of cameras was already happening with higher image quality. That's right. But right? they didn't look at those didn't, cameras. They didn't know about the crossover yet. Right. You know, and like right. and and uh, I'm sorry, uh, Canon phone cameras were like just starting to come out and like stuff. Like the DSLRs you know, like, looked like still cameras. Yeah. So you, oh yeah. Totally. Totally. Like people were shooting stuff that like looked 
better on smaller cameras already. Right. But because of the look of the smaller camera, nobody considered that to be threatening on any level. That's right. But you already had people who were savvy enough to know, uh, and I'm talking about documentary filmmakers, about that dynamic. That's right. 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 And they were like, they were like, don't go with the XL1 because they'll kick you off the route. So go That's with right. the smaller camera. And then no one will suspect that you're go like with the making, Canon 6D. Go with the six. I mean, this was way before the 6D, you know. But right. but uh, but yeah, and and so that happened. That happened more than once. I was shooting a thing. It was all prearranged at Sweet Lorraine's when that club was still going. Mm -hmm. And the guy came up to me, and I swear to God, he was like, he was like, hmm, how much money are you going to give me? And I was like, ah. This is like a documentary with no budget, man. Right. He's like, well, you can't film here. And I was like, well, we talked about filming here. And he was like, yeah, but you got XL1s and stuff. Ah, you I didn't tell me you talked that you had the XL1s. Yeah, he's like, you didn't tell me that you had XL1s, man. And he was like, that means you have money. And I was like, that distinctly means you don't have any you, fucking you probably, money. And you probably had a boom mic, too. <laughs> probably, you know, you probably saw your boom mic. Something, something along like those. battery pack on your Yeah, belt. it was something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was like a Novak project, man. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it was For like, Novak. yeah, exactly. It was like no money, you know, yeah. like yeah, being done for art kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that was that was a weird thing. I mean, all up and down entertainment, there's these crazy rip-offs, man. When's it ever going to end? I don't the know. Rip-offs? Yeah. Never. Never. When JDV booking gets going. And that, that's not going to solve everyone's <laughs> problems. It's not going to solve everyone's <laughs> problems. No. I won't. Exactly. I, just, JDV booking won't rip you off. I'm sure people will still get ripped off. And I'm sure I'll get ripped off. Yep. yep. In some way, shape, or form. Um, were you ready for plugs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what, why don't we finish with most plugs? So we'll go around the table. Spence, what you got? You got anything? Uh, I got nothing right now. Um, I'm gonna be out at the. Uh, I'm gonna be out at the. It's it's Thursday. If you're listening to this on Thursday morning, uh, on Sunday, um, uh, I'm gonna be out at the Pitch in Town Second Line on Easter, which is one of my favorite second lines of the year. It's not even like a downtown or an uptown route. It's just Pigeon Town. Okay. There's really no other route like it, and everyone comes out in their Sunday best because everyone's been to church. Yes, even the folks only go to church a couple times a year. Uh -huh. You know, so everyone's sure. looking really good, really sharp, and it's way, way the fuck up there. I don't even think I'm going to be able to bike over there. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to get over there and uh, be out on the second line for that. That's going to be fun. Cool. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then we also have our 100th episode on uh, on Monday. That's right. Um, April was Monday. Um, but the reason April. I'm... Go ahead. April Mo, 3rd. you're hereby invited. April 2nd. To come. Thanks. Yeah. Well, that's the reason I'm plugging it. I'm plugging it for anyone who lives in New Orleans, um, friends of the pod who want to drop by. It's just going to be a free-for-all, man. If that's any, right. If anyone can drop in and get on the mic for five minutes, get off over longer or whatever, I think it's just going to be, who knows? Hopefully a bunch of people will show up, and then we'll also do some We Call Use. Um, if anyone out there wants us to give them a call, if we haven't already been in touch with you, uh, holler at us. We should try and see. Well, we could maybe Skype AP. I mean, Amsterdam, Amsterdam Phil can give us his phone number. That would be good. We have I it. Have it. We I have it. I have a phone number, yeah. Amsterdam Phillip, everybody. This but, I mean, the time difference is going to make it really challenging. So if, we'll, if Amsterdam Phil can agree to stay up as late as we'll, Well, we'll, te <laughs> we'll tease this. AP's coming into town with um, a group of six, himself included, for uh, the full two weeks of Jazz Fest. Yep. And he is going to come on the show in between weekends this uh, Mo for, and for people who don't know uh, is a guy who came up after Ego Jubilee played last year at Jazz Fest and uh, 
at the end of the show, of course, I was expecting him to come up and say, like, oh, egg yolk, man, you know, you guys. He's got an accent from Europe, and he's like, uh, <laughs> and and he's like, are you Jeff of uh, Jeff and Joel? <laughs> and Spence and I were backstage. Because we were getting beer for the band and shit. He's like, where's Joel? <laughs> he's right over there. So we met, we met him. Uh, Amsterdam, Philip. Then he's, then he's, like, he's like, is the griper here? No kidding. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Or the yeah. little, the little yeah. homie or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Oh. And then he made a shirt that says AP because we call him AP. And he sends us photos on Facebook and we communicate. <laughs> like one of his so friends made it the shirt it's, for it's the great. highways. Or it's great. It's great. So we have this connection. Uh, so he's coming on the show between weekends. Cousin Andy's coming on the show for our Jazz Fest preview show, which we're going to record the Wednesday before Jazz Fest. we got a lot of good shows coming up. We've got Jeff's uh, birthday uh, slash Louisiana or New Orleans Tricentennial show. That's right. That we're going to do offsite at a bar music club. No, we're going to go to Pals, right? We're going to doing yeah, Pals again? Yeah, that's the tradition, right? Yeah, we're going to do Pals. Yeah. We've got. We're, we're going to pass out this. Time. We're going to celebrate yeah, yeah, the try. Tricentennial in a better way that New Orleans is, which we still haven't figured out what they're doing. Um, yeah, do you know what the what New Orleans is doing for the big tricentennial that everybody's been talking about forever? Well, I saw they put a big uh, 300 sign up in front of City Park. Ooh. Ooh. Sweet. All right. All right. Wait, I, you know, I worked on some stuff at the tricentennial. We're doing some Storyville stuff. Oh, oh really? There's some Storyville yeah? stuff going okay. on. Okay. Yeah, Good. there's a few um, few little things here and there. Uh, <laughs> a few little things here and there. A few little there. things here and there. Uh, yeah. You know, actually, we did some historic dancing stuff. You know, nice. oh, really? Yeah, nice. we created some recreated historical Storyville um, situations. Who was that, the audience? Uh, you know, uh, we actually did some stuff for the historic New Orleans collection, and we did a performance for the Tennessee Williams Festival last year. Nice. Of a um, of some traditional waltzes and dances that uh, that you know were going on that were very huh. you know like wow. like you had to touch you know which was whoa. Um, Wait, well, what? an original waltz and a tango, but then there was this other thing called the ham kick, which people don't really know about. But there's a Storyville thing. Mm -hmm. um, there were there were like two places in the Storyville. One in particular uh, where the gentleman would actually one wealthy gentleman would would purchase a ham. This is not a joke. This is actually a real thing, and it's pretty amazing. And we and um, I've recreated this with some other uh, dancing friends. Um, <laughs> Uh, they actually string up the ham, uh -huh. and it's called the ham kick, and the girls have to kick the ham. Yeah, no. and the thing, and the tricentennial, dude. Oh and my god, god that sounds like the and most the badass pinata. Well, so the thing, so the thing is, is that true? So you're, you're at Storyville, right? So, so it's actually like girls that this that are available for, you know. So the <laughs> men are wagering on the girls. They're wagering on the girls. Correct. So Who wins? Well, so there's, well, there's, there's. There were different things. So, a the, the the condition to kick the ham was that you had to remove your underdrawers, of course. So, <laughs> so the higher you kicked, the, ah, yes, the, the more you're exposed, the, one the more you're exposed. Correct. So, and these were all. And so the women, of course, were av av available to the highest bidder. 
So and so, but like the gentlemen <laughs> would bid on the, I mean, I mean, I, really, they like they would they would bid on the women who they thought were you know like so, some would be like, well, she's taller, so obviously she could hire, or she's got you know broad like stronger legs, or you know, and, right, um, right. So and so you know they they would. And and women would would try to sell themselves, you know, for, because right. because you know because kit. a ham. The thing is, a, a working girl back in those days, a ham could a ham is a very you know right. that could feed you and your probable kids at home. Um, right, for, right, you know, for a yeah. week yeah. or so. It, right, so yeah. you know, a, a working girl really could use that. So and also with the understanding too that they would. Um, be taken out for dinner and champagne by the by the gentleman for the night. Nice. But they would stay the night with the gentleman, of course, right. because right. of the story. I mean, because they were working girls. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they were, like they would actually wager, you know, see who could kick the ham, and and it was it was and not just the height of the ham; yeah. it was also the swing. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yes. yeah. You have uh, height and the swing. The how much, how much pendulum yeah. you got? Exactly. Right. Yes, right. but there were traditional dances that went around with the ham kick, and um, you know, so we actually recreated. We did that. You for recreated the ham. We did do a ham kick for the Tennessee Williams Festival. Did, did somebody I, I, videotape this? Theater. Did Last somebody year. videotape this? Yeah, there is actually some video somewhere. We should I don't have. Know. I, can find some we video have that. the podcast with this. And we actually we did this. <laughs> we did yeah. this to um, uh, district productions. Uh, uh, Amy Rubin, who used to run lighting at um, at One Eye Jacks years or what was the Shim Shim Club. Um, now has district productions, and so she's she has uh, some uh, like a sort of a play that revolves around the ham kick. Uh, are so, you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. And uh, I mean that's being produced. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, and How there's some. There, uh, she actually just you know I wish I had the information in front of me, but of course I don't. Uh, but she, uh, we actually did some portraits too, um, which are going up in a gallery, some tradition like hist um, Storyville uh, portraits. Uh, sort of, you know, um, Belloc style mm -hmm. portraits. Mm -hmm. um, oh wow! That we nice. that we that we recreate that we we shot for um, for the tricentennial. Huh. Well, there you go. So, so there you go. There, so, where, so where do people find everything that you're doing? Like, is there is there a central place or just lots, lots of different projects? Right. Like. Real cool, uh, real cool trash. Real cool trash is the is yes, yes is on Facebook. You'll find it through Santos, or um, we should probably get a real cool trash Facebook site in and of itself up. Um, district productions you can look up to. Uh, okay. I don't, you know, I don't know how much they've got going on. I actually haven't worked with them in a little while, but um, they they also work with the. Um, God, the, the historic, the reenactors, the um, historic reenactor. I mm. forget what they, what they, what they go by. Anyway, um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, were they? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they're doing the ham kick. I, we haven't done the ham. The ham kick's a fun gig, man. That's fun. We, and we actually I send the ham, go to home. the ham kick. I think the ham kick is the most satisfying. Three hundred. I don't think it's three hundred anniversary answer that we're gonna get about events. That have occurred so far. No, this I is mean, we've asked. I think every it's the highlight about it. About this is it? the best yeah, yeah. story. It's definitely the best I, story. Well, I don't, I, I don't know if there's a ham cake scheduled, but I can try and you know schedule up a ham cake. Well, Let's we'll, schedule one. We can totally schedule okay. a ham cake. Can we okay. do a ham cake at we Powell's can totally for do a, Jeff's birthday. Yes, episode? we can absolutely do a ham cake. Oh, the ham in, the back, yes. in the back room where the foosball table used we to can be. There. Do a ham cake. Oh my god. Ham, I kick it. Yes, we can. If we tell Susanna Corsi. That we're coming over to Pals to do a fucking ham kick. She's gonna 
it's going to become a thing. What date is that? It's going to become a thing. Damn, I can't get it. Yeah, we want yes, we can. See, now here's the thing, is that they're actually, we, we recreated it at, we did this at One-Eyed Jack's in the front room. But see, the, the tricky thing was is that we actually had to have, you had to have license because, uh, because you know, it depends on how much you're going to. How much you're going to show. Right. Correct, sir. Well, you know. so you know we can do it with a little bloomers on, but little. Know. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I mean, mean it's, you it's, know. A, it's a one-off, also, right? It's a you one-off. Know? Yeah, it's a one-off. Jeff, do we have a date yet for that recording at Pals? I mean, what? What's it's the, the week of May seventh? Right? What? What? Your birthday is the thirteenth. Seventeenth. Oh, it's the seventeenth. Yeah. So we're gonna do it on your birthday. What day is that? Thursday. That's a Thursday. Yeah. I mean, we can. Yeah. Why not? Let's do it Why on not? Thursday. Let's do it on that Thursday. Let's go, Walter, yeah. over there. God, I mean, you don't even. All you got to do is, all you got to do is be at pals, and he's gonna come. We'll play his new album. Oh my God, it's coming out like right. We gotta get Ben. No, it's gonna be out by then. Exactly, it's coming out. It's going to have been out by like for like three weeks by that point. Yeah. So it's coming coming out out at the end. Jazz fest. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Have you heard about this? I have not heard about Walter this. Wolfman Washington is doing like basically a solo record that Ben Elman produced. No way. Yep. That's so folks, fantastic. put it on your calendar though, uh, for May Thursday, May seventeenth, live uh, life is good podcast and uh, Jesus, life is good. Boy, oh boy! Wow. <laughs> Are we gonna get the life is good people on here at some point? Yeah, that's why. That's you exactly want a beer? I said that. Hey, huh? Have a beer, bro. Have a beer. You know, we got these t-shirts and shit. And bumper stickers, too. You want a beer? Hey, want a guy? beer? You see my brother? You seen him? Yeah, my brother. I'm the smart one. <laughs> um, that's the guys who started that company, Life. It's good that everyone's grandma wears their colors and right. their clothes. Right, yes, I know. So, it's a good life, babe.com. Jeff and Jill's tell us more once. Tricentennial. Yeah. Jeff's birthday episode, May 17th, Thursday at Pals with... Flying ham kick? We could, sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If you want a ham kick, kick. I can make a ham kick happen. Okay. You heard it here first, folks. That's it. And an appearance from Walter Wolfman. Because the ham kick is the highlight of the 300-year anniversary of New Orleans. It's never going to get better. It's not going to get better. It's, 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 it's specifically official. a Storyville thing. But, you know, that's but sure. that's part of the tricentennial sure. of New Orleans. Ex- exactly. It's really like it's a big exactly. Storyville thing. That's right. So, yeah. That's right. It's, yeah. Okay. Excellent. So so that's it, man. We've had like two of like the longest, most involved podcasts tonight, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I said tonight, so I re- I just you know broke the fourth wall. Now they know. Uh, what now, we they do. Know. now they now know. They know we know. Now they know. it all at once. Yeah. I think we just lo- we just lost like two hundred subscribers because yeah, our it. ruse is yeah, up. I know. Dog on it. Well. <laughs> all right, folks. It's a goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Joel's tales from New Orleans. We'll catch up with you next time. A hundred episode coming anniversary up. coming up next time next time we'll see you then folks Thanks it's a good listening. life